Hello. Marcus Sabine. Slabine. Yeah. Oh, I've been speaking all day and I just can't anymore. Marcus Slabine, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jay? Not bad. Uh, if I'm on the line, you're on the air. Uh, I, to a fellow, to a fellow uh, aficionado of horror, I should just say Happy Halloween. We're in the middle of a horror show out there. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, I keep on saying um, George A. Romero is out there somewhere, just shouting from you know wherever he is. <laughs> I told you so. I told you also. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you said that. How's everything with you? Before anything, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, you know, when this all kind of went down, I was actually in the Ukraine. Um, oh, it's not the Ukraine. Uh, the Ukraine. It's Ukraine. Um, but um, I was in Ukraine shooting a film and um, kind of missed, like, some of the initial craziness of everything and then came back into New York and have was, like, kind of, like, dropped right into what I shall say, uh, you know, what we can all call a shitstorm. But, yep. uh <laughs> You know, but aside from that, it's been it's been an interesting time. You know, you're like Rick from Walking Dead in that first episode. He awakens and says, "Where the hell am I?" <laughs> Pretty much, and you know that comparison has been made quite a few times. I'm um, sure. Um, uh, you're doing okay, though. You're 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 keeping well, and and well, we're all in our apartments, so that's the end of that. But you're keeping well. Everything's good with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I have been, I'm, I'm good, I'm healthy, I'm, uh, you know, been quarantining myself, I've been going out for minimal things. Um, unfortunately, before I left, my wife um, had did get the virus. <gasps> oh, I'm sorry so, to hear that. Oh, no, well, at this point, she's, um, she's recovered almost 100%. Okay, um, good. You know, but I mean, while I was over there, she was dealing with that and it was, it was scary. You know, it was, um, I didn't really know too much of what was going on, but now we've been separated, not separated, but I mean like we've been separate in the house. I gotcha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's been scary, man, you know, but aside from that, um, you know, in terms of how everything is over here, it's been, you know, living in Astoria, it's, it's it's been an interesting uh, time, I'd say. Queens, Queens, I think, has hit the hardest of all the five boroughs. Yeah, it definitely has, and like, and I can almost attribute that. Um, a lot of people have been seeing my posts on Facebook. Is basically people are just not taking this as seriously as they need to be. Um, I live right next to Astoria Park, and it is packed with people oh on a sunny God. day. Least, if there isn't two hundred to three hundred people out there, there isn't two people. So it's, you know, and it's not like they're just going out there to get um, their exercise. They're out there. They're sunbathing. They're hanging out. They're at the skate park. Late at night, they're doing uh, car shows and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. They just announced that they're shutting the park down now. So hopefully that will get people out of there. And just, <laughs> yeah. just, you know. They'll find another place to go. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. It's you know. So, so you're you're qualified on so many levels. When I ask this question, um, so many times I speak to people, and because of obviously my my other day job, if you will, or I should call it the night job, uh, uh, I, I make the quip. I say we're we're living in a horror movie right now, and and I've had people who just you know they'll they'll stop and they'll say yeah that sounds right, and then I have others who sit and analyze and say yes, yeah, just like. Now, now you're a horror master. You you do you do horror films, 
and you're in quite the situation. You're looking out the window, and you're seeing this this grow. And and I hate to say it, yes, there's your wife right next to you recovering from this. Thank goodness she's recovering from this. What kind of horror movie are we looking at? From your perspective, as someone who understands the genre, what what are we looking at? Are we looking at a horror movie? Are people... I mean, yeah, go on, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No. Um, but, um, no, we totally are. You know, um, I'm a big Romero fanatic. I love George A. Romero's yep. work. I've, I've loved, you know, almost everything. Day of the Dead is in my top five favorite films of all time. Um, and we are definitely looking at a Romero-esque um, world right now. And maybe maybe we don't have the zombies and, you know, the un- and the dead aren't rising up. But, you know, all the uh, the social um, cues that the films were putting out there, all the uh, little um, um, uh, hidden messages and everything, yep. they're all, you know, it's all there right now. And how humans are reacting, it's very similar to shows like The Walking Dead, too. Um, you know, people going in and hoarding things and, um, you know, walking out, like, with uh, ten rolls of toilet paper and all this stuff. It's it's insane the way people are, are reacting. Even going to the store now, the way people even look at each other, it's like, um, I was leaving the store with some groceries, and as I was walking out, uh, people were just eyeing me, you know, because we hadn't had physical contact, so you kind of linger your eyes on people. Just to have that contact of the eye contact and the looks that they would give back would be like, you know, fearful of like, Oh God, what's this guy going to do? And I definitely agree with the statement that we're living in a horror movie. And I think what we really need to look at is less of the supernatural aspects, but also, but look more at the way the human nature is reacting to everything, you know? You know, that's a really good point. Uh, uh, I, I'm a classical person as well, and and no, we don't have a Cyclops, we don't have a Medusa coming after us, and know that hell is not opening up like like in so many Shakespearean pieces. But the the parable is there. It's it's there's a certain level of ignorance, a certain level of arrogance that is building to this monster, and our monster here is 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 these little invisible things that that someone could cough right into you. Exactly. You know, it's um, one of the um, one of the things that I uh, a, video, a clip I sent to a few people that um, when this broke out was a clip from um, Eli Roth's Cabin Fever, um, and it was the exact moment when um, when two when um, I can't think of a writer Strong's character is with um, um, they're they're helping out his is not girlfriend girlfriend and she's on the ground and the blonde guy just comes running out and they're like where the fuck are you going and he's just like he's like i'm I, i'm not i'm not gonna be here i'm not gonna get sick i don't want any of us getting sick but you people keep on touching you know her you know her and you go you're all gonna get sick i'm not and he just runs off and just taking all the beer with him oh. and that is something that is literally so on point with what's going on you know, people, instead of all of us embracing each other and finding a way to unite, I'm seeing less of them, seeing more people being like, well, how am I going to protect myself? How am I going to look out for me? And it's, you know, and it's just, it's becoming a situation where it's, it's getting scary out there, you know? Why aren't they listening? Exactly. Again, you are, you are, uh, be, be, because of your understanding of the genre. They don't listen in the films. And we get the idea. You know, he has to run away because someone has to be killed. Someone has to say, oh, it doesn't exist for it to exist and all of that. But why aren't we in reality listening? 
we have we uh, well the, the select and intelligent government people and and medical people telling us what to do why aren't we listening now that's a good question you know and i think there are a giant group of people that are listening you know there's um um, I was working on, um, I was doing some work on, uh, Terrifier 2, doing stills for them. And, um, you know, I'm friends with all, with a lot of the people from there and they're all quarantining themselves. You know, I keep seeing their posts are matching mine about basically just stay home. And there are groups of people that are staying home, but there's also people that are like, oh, I'm young. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I'll be fine. And it's not about, yes, these people will be fine. Chances are. But it's about spreading the disease. You know, it's, if you look at like any, any zombie film, someone gets bit, there's always one person in the group that hides it because they don't want to be outed. People are afraid to say that they have COVID. So they're just going out and they're doing their things because they're afraid of the ramifications of right. what could happen, the paranoia, the fear. And that's kind of what's filtrating right now is a lot of fear. You know, there's also lots of, misguided information circling that people are just feeding into, you know, facts that aren't facts and non-facts that are becoming facts. And it's, you know, people are just, they're not listening, but it also makes sense as to why so many films do have characters that don't listen. And maybe now people can look back at, you know, the babysitter that runs up the stairs instead of going out the door and thinking, oh, well, yeah, that is what people did. Right, you know? right. Uh, I, I always have the joke, it's always very funny that, you know, you'll hear the strange noise and your first reaction in these movies, we're sitting there saying, don't, run away, run away. But you're watching, hello, and they grab the bloody doorknob just to go into the darkened room and whatever. Um, exactly. When, when this horror movie that we're living ends, uh, what kind of world are we going to have? I really don't know. Um, you know, I'm really hoping that, I, I think that, number one, there's going to be a lot of pregnancies that are going to be. The new baby boom. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be a baby boom. I also think that there's going to be a lot of friendship that that's are going to have, friendships that are going to have expired during this. There are roommates and friends that have had to stay quarantined for months on end. I think it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be, going to go to the extreme of Night of the Living Dead, but, you know, I think it's, I think um, that there's going to be a lot of differences that are going to happen, but I think most of all, I think there's going to be a new desire and need for human contact, and I think when this is finally announced the quarantine is over, I think every person is going to be out there. I think everyone's going to be going out. I think everyone's going to be so starved for affection, for a hug, for physical contact that we're going to have a giant boom of all of that. And I think that could either go really well or maybe, you know, or might go the other way. I mean, I know there's conventions, you know, horror conventions, mm. um, my latest film is is in uh, New Jersey HorrorCon, which got pushed because of, because of this, and that's going to be in June. Um, I think June, the end of June. And um, you know, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm very excited. There's a lot of great people going. There's a lot of great names and everything. But I'm also a little nervous because it's so close to everything. Do you, you think know, it's gonna gonna going to happen? Do you think? Because uh, again, we're just like in every horror movie. There's there's someone who who stands and says, "No, no, it's it's it'll end in a week." Uh, when, as as a as an intelligent man, when when do you think it's going to end? Honestly, I don't. I don't think it's going to end until there's a vaccine. 
I think that there's still going to be cases. I think there's still going to be people who are going to get it. Honestly, I, we are all eventually going to get it. All of us are, you know, at some point, one way or another, you know, it's going to happen. I think the, the biggest thing is the reasons quarantine is so important is to keep people inside is because right now, now is not the time you want to get it. Because right now the hospitals are overrun to the point where they have tent, uh, uh, chilled tents outside of Mount Sinai in, in Astoria that is just morts. You know, people, oh. because they don't have space for anyone. You know, two months from now, where people have recovered and it's starting to s- not spread as much, that's when people are going to get sick as well, because it's going to keep going. It's, this isn't just going to magically disappear. But then at least the hospitals won't be overrun anymore. You know, that's why they're trying to say, listen, just stay inside. And it's, look, I get it. Like, you know, it's, you know, you got... You got countless streaming services that are being overrun at this point, and everyone's watching a tiger show. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not. I saw the coming attractions. I'm sorry. I can't sit through it. I'm sorry. I I did watch it, and it's look. All I'll say about it is this: it, I think everyone's very bored, and that's why this is becoming a cultural <laughs> phenomenon. Like no joke. It's. I'm like, I get it, it's wacky, it's out there, it's, you know, the guy's the character, but I'm like, this is not what, like, like Ozark just came out with season three, like, people should be watching Ozark, or yeah. Walking Dead has had, it's one of the best seasons, probably of the whole show, I mean, that show is just getting better and better, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, um... And um, I haven't watched the recent season, alright, you're, you're, you're giving me, that. that's next on my list, I've 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 watched all of Wagner's Rings, so now the next is is the new season of uh, of, of Walking Dead for me. It's phenomenal. Um, the whispers, all that stuff. It's just they really fine tune the characters, and because they've lost so many of the original cast and all that stuff, we're normally that would affect the show. It's actually made the show better because now they can focus on on the characters more, as opposed to having. 40 characters where it's like they give them, you know, a love triangle and that's their story arc for an entire season. That's in like every other fifth episode. Now it's like characters actually have good motivations and with what's going on on the show, it's just, it's the stuff that's palpable. And of course, you know, you got Negan and I mean, I love my boy Negan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brilliantly done, actually. Really, Really good interpretation by that actor. Really good. Oh, it's, he's phenomenal. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he, like, he nails that character so much. And, yeah. and what I also have loved, without giving spoilers or anything like that, I love how the chemistry between him and others has played out. And you can just tell that he's just having an absolute ball every time he walks on that set. Oh, yeah. He's just having a blast. And that's something I love seeing in films. I love seeing that. Um, you know, watching that, like I've been watching a lot of Stuart Gordon because unfortunately he just passed. Right, right. So I was watching um, Hitting the Pendulum and um, Fortress and Dolls and Castle Freak. And, you oh. know, you just, you just see all those films and you see the cast that is just having fun with those roles, you know, and these wacky, as Stuart Gordon is wildly known for, mm-hmm. the overly wackiness of all his stuff, you know, and it just, comes through and it makes the film so much more lovable and watchable. 
being totally macabre now and 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 utterly creepy in saying this, uh, uh, now that The Shape of Water won an Academy Award, which is basically the creature from the Black Lagoon gets the girl, uh, do, do you think people are now going to watch these genre films, watch these horror movies, with a little more reverence, because they're going to go back into that movie theater. Do you think they're going to catch George Romero's, like you said at the very beginning, he's somewhere going, I told you so. you think we're going to now start to get it? I hope so. You know, I truly, truly hope so, because, um, you know, I, horror is one of those genres that is just so creative. It's so masterful. It's one of, for me, it's obviously... It's one of my favorite genres. No, not one. It is my favorite genre because there's just so many things. It's the only genre that encompasses um, all every genre out there. It's got horror. It's got comedy. It's got love. It's got you know. It's got a little bit of everything. And when you look at certain films like Night of Night, Night of the Living Dead, anything by Romero, you know, oh, sure. the crazies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like oh my gosh, that's that's going to have a new meaning now. Oh, yeah. Even in the Mouth of Madness, uh, John Carpenter's in the Mouth of Madness. I mean, half of his work already has has constantly come back into, like, you know, the populace, like, they live and all that. But in the Mouth of Madness, um, you know, there are certain lines, you know, that, um, you know, like, um, humanity can smell its own extinction. And it's like, now that has <laughs> so much more weight to it. It's like, shit. Oh, and, you yeah. know... Um, but I'm really hoping people do start looking at that because I also feel that while it's terrifying and people probably want to just watch something lighthearted and goofy like a Tiger King, they should also see something like, you know, like in the mouth of madness or, you know, like just, just watching some of these, you know, end of the world films just to kind of get a sense of this stuff because there's such beautiful meanings behind them that truly you know, reaches so many other levels and so many other parallels. I mean, I, I've i been just sinking myself into all these different films and everything. The um, recent one I just watched was The Divide, which is like a post-apocalyptic movie with oh, Michael B. right! Yes. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, that that one's a harsher one, and it, but it's like, you know, post-apocalyptic world where they're all stuck in a bunker, you know, and you just see how people start reacting when, kind of like how we're reacting now, but it's like, you look at this, watch these types of films, watch 10 Cloverfield Lane, you know, which yeah. is, you know, yeah. I'm not a big Cloverfield fan, but like, wow, that film is masterful, and Easily John Goodman's best performance next to uh, Big Lebowski. Right. Uh, but, like, you watch that, and it's like, like, see how these things can, you know, see how humans can become. See what they can turn into and learn from that, you know? And I'm really hoping people start giving horror more of a shot, you know, as opposed to just chalking it up as to just, you know, oh, it's a slasher genre. Oh, exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's oh. about porn or whatever. Oh, I've heard that many times, which is, which is in some, in some cases probably right, but most cases absolutely ridiculous. The, you, yeah. you spark something when you talk about a bunker because there is a twilight zone where a neighborhood where you get the idea, everyone's buddies, everyone's friends, and there's some form of, of alien attack or something that's going on, and they all have to go into this one neighbor's bunker and what they become because of it. And ironically, not I'm being a, I'm doing spoilers, but the, the series is 50 years old. Uh, it, it, it turns out to be a false alarm. And you watch them exit the bunker staring at each other completely differently. They're coming out as different people. And not That's all amazing. good. So, 
so yeah, it's it's funny now. We we get to sit there and go, oh, look at that, and and it turns out to be real. That the horror movie is 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 more a a prophetic device, if you will. Well, that's something else that Wes Craven said. You know what I mean? Like one of Wes Craven's things that he always says that horror movies don't create fear; they release it, and that's something that's always stuck in my mind because it's true. Like the reason that we're that, that middle America was afraid of films like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and um, all these you know films that took place in neighborhoods is because we felt safe in the neighborhood, and they took that. That fear away, that that safety net away from us. So they released that fear for us. And right now, you know, watching these other films like what we've been discussing, that will release that fear as well. You know, but it has to be existing there. You know, you can't be afraid of a of a giant you know, hundred foot octopus that's taken over Manhattan unless there's some built in fear of a nuclear war that could mutate things back in the 1950s. Right. You know? Right, completely. Well, horror movies have always, since since the '30s, when you really get down to it, have always been the the, the prophetic piece. Even even the classics, when you get down to it, uh, it seems all the monsters of the '30s all came from Europe. Just as totally. just as the war was was coming to our shores, you know, we have someone from from hung from from Transylvania, from Germany, from from wherever else. So, so yeah, they, they've always been a lookout. Man, you know, oh yeah. But, what about the Invisible Man? Oh, sorry. No, I mean like, like you know, like the Invisible Man. Where like, um, I'm talking about the original one. You know, yeah, where of course. it was all about madness and this character that just lost his sanity completely. You know, and that was something that we all, of course, it's terrifying because it's the one thing that you have no control over, which is you think you do, but it's your mind. And this is a character that. I forget where it takes place. I'm, I think it also takes place in Europe as well. Oh, you're probably um, right. Yes, it is. You know, but once again, it's like it's like you're saying, it's all Europe, you know what I mean, at that time. It, it, it's so funny you say that because, again, I can make a, a, a correlation. I, I spoke to a, a, an actress friend of mine, and she was saying that right now we're getting rid of so many things. You know, we're looking at ourselves and say, and say do we really need that? Do we really want it? Because we're, we're shut in, so... So there's so many things that are falling away, and we realize how much of ourselves are in our, our possessions, and and we have to now look at ourselves without those possessions and say, what would I really be? And and the Invisible Man sort of does that. Of course he goes mad, because he loses himself. He looks in the mirror, and he is not there. Yeah. And, and of course, how does he cover himself but with masks over his mouth and everything else? So I'm wondering how many people are walking along the street now seeing the surgical masks, and realizing they're they're no longer looking at a person, they're looking at a at a wall. So we we have even more parables within within these movies. No, oh, exactly, and that, that's actually a beautiful, profound statement that that she made. Um, yeah, that's you know, it's it is it, it's we are we're such like we're such creatures of habit and such creatures of you know need of like connectivity that we need it, you know. Um, we need to have social interaction. And that's something that, you know, people are not able to just forego and lose. And I think these masks are taking that away. Like I've seen people not wear masks and I don't think it's because they're just being, you know, ignorant about the situation. I think it's because they don't want to lose themselves and they're trying to still say, I'm going to be still me no matter what this is, you know, which is a bold statement to say right now. 
probably not the wisest, but it's yeah. something where people are, I think, fighting back in their own ways. You know, I just, yeah, it's like you're, I'm just seeing so much of everybody. And unfortunately, I think it's just that this, between this week and next week, I think we're gonna, it's going to get worse with people hmm. before it gets better. I just have that feeling because we're now reaching for some people three weeks of being stuck in a one bedroom right. apartment, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of people don't know how to be, what to do with themselves. You know, people are like, I have a lot of friends who work nine to fives and, you know, or like work 12 to 14 hours a day doing, you know, as lawyers, as, you know, as physicians, as all this, as, um, you know, and don't know how to, not work for a week even when they take <laughs> vacations they don't know how to take that week off they still go into their to their business to check in and stuff and it's like now it's like no you can't do that you've got to stay home and it's i think there's going to be a lot of beautiful art that's going to get created i think there's going to be a lot of um scripts that are going to come out of this um you know i think there's going to be a lot of writings and that's kind of what is to do now yeah. it's you know that script that you've been saying, I want to write forever. Now's the time. That novel that you've been trying to write, the sheet of music, you know, everything that you've been saying all this time you don't have time for, guess what? Now you got that time. Now's the time to write it. Uh, many, many people I've spoken to have said exactly that, that we're, we're, we're looking at, at, at a renaissance in terms of art that's coming out of this, this confinement. And, and I'm thrilled and, and also unnerved when I think of the monsters that are going to pop out of people's imagination from this. <laughs> Marcus, yeah. thank you so much. You have creeped me out completely. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. Your, work, your work must be brilliant because in one interview I'm going to have nightmares. I can't wait to, to sit and watch all of your great films and, and, and get totally shocked. Please send me trailers. Please send me info whenever something's happening. If, if you need something uh, uh, seen out there, uh, I'm with Terror TV. And if you have anything that you want on there, please let me know. Uh, you're Definitely. a brilliant man yeah, to talk to. Can't wait to be terrified by your films. Thank you so much. Um, I'll send you trailers to my film Last Call, which has been in the festival circuits. It's going around right now. It's going to be at the New Jersey Horror Con. It stars Kerry Alexander from. Romero's Day of the Dead, uh -huh. um, and it's won tons of awards. It's getting out there right now, and it's going to be screening online at another online festival called Real Cinema Fest, which they're going to do a streaming once, and so obviously because of what's going on. Indeed. It's also going to be uh, screening at a couple of other places, but New Jersey HorrorCon is going to be the next big one, as well as Reels of the Dead in Las Vegas for the Day of the Dead convention. Excellent. So we'll be screening there. Well so done. I'll send you some stuff on that. The Day of the Dead. So you're with my buddy Joe Mo. Joe Mo. Yes. Is that uh, that's his thing, isn't it? Oh, the uh, oh for for the con. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, I I believe Stacy Pippi. I think I'm saying her name right. Um, runs the festival. Uh, the the film festival portion of it. The so film festival. Thing. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So there's film. So there's Reels of the Dead, which is takes place during the Days of the Dead convention. Gotcha. Okay. Four separate states on four separate times. Cool. It's a great, it's a great con. I'm beyond excited for that, as well as New Jersey Horror Con. Well, then let's get you on TV afterwards so everybody can can be uh, have fun and be terrified at the same I love time. That. 
Thank you so much for speaking to me. All the best. Stay healthy. My regards to your wife. Please tell her, get really well. Wash your hands. Drink plenty of alcohol. The, uh, the whole works. Same. Uh, same. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank Ciao. you.